The Big 5D Podcast is brought to you by Matchcraft, a global MarTech firm powering local search, social, and display campaigns for partners on six continents. Matchcraft's newest offering is Powered By, an API solution giving third-party platforms access to the technology behind its flagship Advantage platform. Visit them at matchcraft.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Big 5D Podcast. I'm your host, Charles Laughlin. I am the co-founder and content director of Big 5 Digital. So before we get into our interview today, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about our upcoming event. It's the Big 5 Summit. This is our flagship event in Cape Town. It takes place the 11th through the 13th of May at the uh, VNA Waterfront at Workshop 17, which is a mixed use events and co-working space on the VNA waterfront in uh, beautiful Cape Town. Really excited to be back to doing live events in Cape Town. As you all may have heard, uh, we took a bit of a hiatus on live events during 2021, 2020, the bulk of 2020 and 2021. And we just completed our uh, first live event post pandemic in Dubai on the 17th of February, and it was a very, very uh, successful and fun event, and we're really excited to be coming back to Cape Town. So we just want to put that on your radar. If you will go to our website at big5digital.org, there's plenty of information on who's speaking. We've announced several speakers, and we'll be announcing many more in the coming few weeks. Uh, Information on the agenda. It's really all about sort of the digital tech stack for small business and the partnerships that are necessary to make that happen. So please check it out and please plan on coming to Cape Town in May. Look forward to seeing you there. Okay, enough with that commercial for our events business. Let's talk about our guest today. It's Gideon Graves and he is a the managing director for Africa for CVVC. And as I told him on the podcast, I trip over that name a little bit. It's a, it's a venture capital firm based in Switzerland but that has recently opened an office in Africa uh, that's focused exclusively on investing in businesses that are built on the blockchain. So this is not a hardcore cryptocurrency conversation as much as it's a conversation about why why his company focuses on blockchain and why it's such an exciting piece of uh, the African startup scene. We're increasingly seeing businesses, not just in FinTech, but in, in other areas, uh, launch businesses that are built on blockchain for a variety of reasons that we get into in the podcast. So uh, it's a conversation about uh, investing in blockchain in Africa, why it's so important to Africa's future, and uh, also some, you know, some do's and don'ts about how to think about investing in blockchain-based businesses. So very uh, engaging conversation, not too technical. For those of you who are freaked out a little bit <laughs> by conversations around blockchain because it can get complicated, but this is not a super deep technical conversation. It's more of a business opportunity conversation. We think you're really gonna enjoy it and let's get right into it. Get in, welcome to the podcast. Cool. Thanks, Charles. Glad to be here. Great. So CVVC, I, I, I trip over that for some reason. Um, tell us about it, its origins and why it's focused on blockchain. Yeah, so I, I started in the company in July uh, last year uh, to kind of head up the newly formed African office. 
I used to stumble on that CVVC uh, acronym all the time, by the way. So, uh, you know, w- once you once you kind of picture the acronym in its written form, which is Crypto Valley Venture Capital, and then it started being a bit easier for me, but it happens all the time in meetings. Um, but a bit of background on the company. So they they started the business, they as in the founders in 2016 in Zug, which is, you know, renowned to be the Crypto Valley of the world. Um, and during the time that the, the founders launched this business, the main business model back then, and the business had a different name as well, um, was doing these startup competitions and hackathons, um, you know, for, for blockchain startups. Mm-hmm. Long story short, there was so much explosion happening at that at that time. It was the the ice during the ICO craze. They saw the opportunity to kind of pivot and start making investments into these startups. And then the business model changed. The name changed. Um, and CVVC started, you know, investing into startups that are building applications using blockchain technology. That's essentially our niche. So we focus exclusively on startups that uh, that, that are using blockchain in their in their business model. Um, that's the one part of CVVC that's important to note. The other one is that, and we'll call it a, a VC plus model, as in we don't just allocate capital and make investments. There's another side of our business, and that's called CV Labs. And that's our ecosystem driver, if you will. So CV Labs um, basically does everything else. It's our operational business. So we have a co-working space. We have multiple co-working spaces around the world. Um, this all started in the Crypto Valley in Switzerland, but we have a couple of those. We, we do a lot of events, the startup competitions, advisory, um, and so on. So for us, it's very important that we grow an ecosystem, especially in new areas like, like Africa and South Africa, um, where we where we're trying to get all the key participants that form an ecosystem involved. So that would be, you know, academia, education, um, government, different associations, corporate investors, startups, et cetera, all to collaborate and, and um, you know, continue to, to meet up and, uh, and be part of this ecosystem. Because at the end, although there might not be a commercial value to that directly, long-term, it gives us a, a winning edge over the other VCs because um, when a startup becomes part of our family or part of our portfolio, they get integrated into a global ecosystem. And that's what we're trying to create with Africa as the newest office. And then Southeast Asia and India and a couple of other regions uh, in the pipeline as well. Okay. So you're brought on to basically build the business in Africa, right? That's correct. Yeah. Spot okay. on. So talk to me about where, it's a broad question, but and then I'll ask this question and then we'll get kind of go back to the beginning on some definitions for the part for I think the significant section of the audience that may be a, a newbie with with crypto. But but first, let's level set on what the state of play is with African blockchain based startups. Is it very early days or is this market pretty developed? Can it describe its current state? Yeah. So if you I think if you go one step back, it would give you a good indication as to what the, the, the startup slash blockchain space is like in Africa. From a startup perspective, I believe that the, that the space is thriving. I mean, there's, and depending on who you speak to, there might be one less or one more, but there's eight African uh, unicorns at the moment. They all came about in the last two years, which shows you the growth that we're having at the moment uh, from the startup perspective. Most of them in the fintech space and five that came about in the last year. So it shows you, you know, how much promise there is in Africa. And from a startup perspective, there's a lot of excitement and a lot of, a lot of capital that's now being allocated towards Africa you know, as high net with individuals and family offices and corporates start diversifying their portfolio and look at the opportunity of Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, from a blockchain perspective, 
the, there's a lot of unique use cases that are uh, really kind of relevant to Africa and the problems that are on the continent. I think the more developed nations focus a lot on the more speculative assets in, in the crypto economy, where Africa, I believe, is, is teaching us the true, teaching us about the true use cases of blockchain. You know, things like traceability and transparency, which are the two most popular words that come about when talking about blockchain, right? Yeah. Um, but I think those are two things. Those are two words that that really marry well with with the state of things in Africa, you know, and, and where blockchain can help out. But to answer your question more directly, I think that there's a lot of blockchain startups uh, in Africa. There is no ecosystem, and there is no community where where people can collaborate. So there is there is to a certain extent, of course, but uh, not to the extent where there's governments and investors and corporates collaborating. So there'll be a couple of blockchain startups in certain regions on the continent that will know each other and interact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we believe that CVVCs hit the ground at the, at the perfect time where you know we have the ability of, to really kind of pioneer this growth and be first to market in a sense, but we can bring everyone together because it's very important that corporates start to understand the potential of this technology to start working with the startups and then that's spanning into governments and so on as right. well. So I think that there's still a way to go but there is a lot of promise on the continent and a very direct stat I can give you in terms of some tangible um, activity that we've seen in our, in our global incubation program um, that, we, that we launched in October. Mm-hmm. We launched obviously in Africa in July. We put out a, a call to action um, to, to blockchain startups in Africa to apply for this program. The majority of the applications that we got for the global program came from from Africa. So out of all the applications that we got, um, there were more from from Africa than the rest of the world combined. And in fact, the cohort that we just that just graduated now um, last week, I think it was uh, the majority of the startups in that cohort were, were also from Africa. So it shows you there is a lot going on here. Um, there's definitely a lack of capital, but we you know we try and change that. Yeah, yeah. Lack of capital, but not a lack of, um, I guess, drive or native interest in blockchain. And why do you think that is? Is this for for undercapitalized startups, um, you know, looking at solving, you know, in, you know, financial inclusion or whatever, you know, impact driven mission there is, is blockchain just naturally a better tool for that? I think it's a, an emerging technology in an emerging market that's solving very specific problems that young African entrepreneurs are identifying that, that this specific technology can solve. Yeah. Um, and like the, the most obvious example, and this has been touched on a lot, but it's always worth mentioning, is the financial inclusion element. Right. You know, with, with, and this stat changes all the time, but I believe it's 23%... Um, of the African continent that is banked. Yeah. So there is a massive amount that is unbanked. Uh, unbanked. Um, so I think the blockchain from a financial perspective gives the, gives the opportunity for a lot of this unbanked population to start participating in the market. I mean, one of the one of the uh, startups that we invested in called Karma Chain, they actually, they actually integrate with a lot of these mobile money applications mm-hmm. um, where most of the users on these platforms don't have access to to banking facilities or or credits or anything like that they will then read the data from these mobile money providers and 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 other platforms that you know the majority of the users are unbanked they will give that data then to 
um, to financial lenders. And then this, un this unbanked individual will now have a credit record without even being banked. Um, so those are, I think, the more like the unique, the unique use cases that blockchain can solve in Africa. Okay, so um, I want to go back a little bit back to the beginning. I want to dig more into what you're just talking about in a second. But uh, why blockchain is technically such an interesting uh, tool in this, and, and you know, a lot of words get thrown around: decentralization, uh, trustless, or you know, embedded trust, or whatever the term being used. Could you maybe get take a minute and just say, why is what is so amazing about blockchain that uh, makes it so important to, to build all these businesses on? And then I'd like to get into at some point, you know, what are some future use cases? Yeah, well, of course, it started as a currency, right? On a, on a distributed ledger and that's decentralized. And of course, this ledger is irrefutable, so it can't be changed. Right. Um, you know, on some other blockchains that have now been developed, if it is changed, you, you can see it, right? Right. Um, so, and then that developed into multiple different things. So it could be the, the transference of data, the storage of data, uh, or to, to track and trace things. So yeah. um, I think that from, and data is the new oil, right? And blockchain basically deals with data in many, many, many different forms. Mm -hmm. um, and at the moment, I think with, and to touch on one of the, the popular words, but with centralized data, uh, as we have it now, um, it has the opportunity or the potential to be manipulated, to be changed, to be controlled, um, where in this more decentralized economy that's also distributed, mm -hmm. there's the opportunity for a lot of the people to take back their own data as well and choose who sees that. Right. And that can be in so many, so many different forms. I mean, there's so many different use cases. They're coming up all the time. One of the interesting things about blockchain is if you tell someone you're in blockchain or you understand blockchain or was part of your career, they'll automatically think that you know everything about the space, right? <laughs> because it is, yeah. you know, and it's same as saying to someone, you know, oh, you know, what do you do? Oh, I'm in tech. And then you go and then you start talking about this random coding language and it's impossible for someone in tech to know everything about tech and blockchain similar it is evolving so quickly right. um there's so many different use cases and and so many different parts to it um that right. it's hard and to keep. yeah and then now there's all the there's some i'm trying to learn and there's so many acronyms like DAOs, and then now we're talking about web3 and you know i'm like you know, just yeah i i think my my you know it, it's it takes some effort to uh, get your head around block. And I think that's one of the issues people have with it is it's, it's not super intuitive. I mean, eventually you get it, you get it and especially if you work yep. in it, you get it. And, you, and it's true, you know, there's, it's evolving so quickly that you can ask someone who's an expert about the thing you heard about yesterday, they may not understand it. Um, so that all that said, uh, um, what I'm really interested, you know, again, I just sort of mentioned web three. Now that's, seems to be the no, latest buzzword. How is that, why is Web3, what is, how is that distinct from the rest of when we talk about blockchain? Because what I understand about Web3 is it's basically a threat to what is sort of the, the you know, the centralized internet, right? You know, the, the Google, Facebook <laughs> driven internet. And, and this is a new version of the internet essentially, but what, probably a lot of people are struggling with is, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? And how is that going to change the lives of business owners, consumers, et cetera? I don't know if you have much of a perspective on Web3 or if, or if you're investing in Web3, but love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so I mean, as an investment thesis for us, we, we, we one of the more 
safer investors in, in what is quite a chaotic space. Yeah. So we don't invest in like these in the speculative assets. That being said, we do have some newer fund products as well, where we do have liquid crypto products, you know, mm-hmm. available for certain investors. But from the startup perspective, our thesis is mainly to invest in, in startups that are building on blockchain. So that doesn't have to be this crazy, you know, theorized token investment. Um, and Web3 kind of fits in with that, you know, where it's this new stage of the, the internet of value and digital commoditization. So we're still wrapping our heads around where this opportunity is, but we believe that, you know, Web3, as it is slightly different to, to blockchain or it's, you know, they're in the same, they're in the same family, that is something related, that we, but not the same. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So which kind of raises the point as an investor in blockchain, you, for something that is so new and so innovative, you also probably have to be a little bit conservative because as much money as you can make in blockchain, there's probably is, is easily lost. Right. So talk about yeah. how you have to think about it from that, from the risk perspective. Yeah, well, well, especially in the crypto space, right? Because you've right. got now, you've got these very young entrepreneurs and teams that are putting putting a, an idea together, and it's happening a lot in the gaming space, specifically now in the crypto space and the play to earn mm-hmm. space. Where I mean, there's a game called Monkey Ball. Yeah, uh, they raised a couple of million dollars, to, you know, through a token sale, and they haven't, they do not have a game, right? So that's the same as if you if you look into the traditional startup world. That's the same as uh, as me and my friends having an idea, putting together a pitch deck with pretty much nothing. We're promising a roadmap and we have a really nice pitch deck and an awesome corporate identity. Uh, and we're following a very interesting narrative, but we don't even have a product. And, 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 and I mean, Cardano is not a good example of what I'm trying to say, but they have been around for a very long time and that you can't really build on Cardano just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, bad example, but they're worth billions. Um, but more in the startup space, um, yeah. it's so you can get burnt in that sense. Um, and, but there are a lot of VCs that only focus on those private rounds and those private token sales before they list. Uh, and then there's like you can you know, usually there's contracts where you would unlock ten percent, and you can um, uh, you can un- unlock ten percent of your investment so that you can at least liquidate some of your investment. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and they have to do that, otherwise you're going to have these pump and dump schemes, right. you know, where, where, this, where, where um, as soon as they list, the big investors are going to do 30, 40x, they're going to sell their whole position, and then all the retail investors are going to get screwed. Um, right. but, but to touch on that opportunity for certain VCs that are in the token space, if they decide not to invest because it's too, too speculative, then they, then they don't actually enter the market at all so it is market related but it i do believe it is a bit bubbly because there's so much excitement around the space mm-hmm. and i'm careful when i say bubble of course because bitcoin is being up and down up and down and bitcoin as the catalyst right 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 yeah. it's actually been up a little last few days i think but um yeah, yeah. thank goodness <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm still heavily in, in, involved in that market as well um and then um but for us as i mentioned you know we're not we're not heavily in that space we've actually just made our first token investment recently Okay. Um, and we it? will, mm-hmm. uh, so, so in, in a nutshell, so they called Ford protocol. We got in on the private round, um, in a nutshell, they're going to be the, 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 well, they're trying to be the, um, the word pre- WordPress of blockchain, okay. drag and drop that sort of thing to make it really easy for new applications to come in and, and interact with blockchain a lot easier than you would, um, 
with with having I think like of WordPress is like a marketplace of, of plugins, right? So yeah, yeah, correct. I mean, instead of going and building your website off HTML from scratch, you can use WordPress and it's just drag and drop and it's really simple. Right. Right. So from a blockchain perspective, that's what they're trying to do. But we do, but but the reason why we we've started making this these investments is because we do see the opportunity there. Um, but we are a little bit more risk averse. Yeah. Um, you know, where we where I mean most of the uh, the vast majority of the startups that we've invested in don't have a token at all. It's just it's just the the, the blockchain technology they're just that using they're using blockchain to build as a as a architecture for their business essentially. Is that correct? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but eventually that will. I would imagine your uh, risk. Your your that will evolve. You've made your first token investment. I would imagine many of the blockchain businesses you've invested in will eventually move in that direction. Is that fair or is that? Not necessarily true. Uh, no, that's not necessarily true. I think if, if there's going to be some sort of like economic ecosystem or reward system, then they have to have a token. Right. Um, and, and there's other use cases for you know reasons to have a token as well. I think one of the newer things that's coming out now is also creating liquidity for investors yeah. where you can actually tokenize the shares. I mean, for they example... Can, they can just sell them on a exchange or something yeah yeah correct so i mean if, if we have an investor that comes in on our fund you know you're looking at four to eight years in terms of you know when we're going to exit a lot of these investments and they be, they're illiquid right so you so there's no liquidity there for for investors so there's also a use case for that mm-hmm. um but a, but a lot of i mean a good one is one that i met now in kenya last week called ledger uh-huh. and it was such uh, I mean, this use case has been spoken about quite a lot. I haven't seen someone do this properly yet, and they're not there yet, but they have a really cool idea. I just saw, I just saw them pitch. Uh, and basically what Ledger does is they, they digitize documents and then certify them on the blockchain. So it can be anything from like, um, I mean, in their pitch deck, they were talking about a lot of politicians that would fake their university certificates. They would have it in their, in their, <laughs> yeah, in their red. Yeah, we've yeah. had that here, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 it would say you know they've got an MBA, whatever the case may be. But if it's on the blockchain, then it's irrefutable, and you can see it's a matter of a fact that this person does have that. So not only is it digitized, which is also important, right? Carrying around a piece of paper is crazy, but it's also um, uh, it's also certified. And a lot of the reasons why you need to why a lot of these certificates aren't digitized and people want to see the hard copies is because it's very easy to fake something that's digitized. But once it's digitized and on, added onto the blockchain. You know, then it becomes, you know, then it's uh, it's it's hard to yeah. to fake that. And another a great example when I, when I went to Kenya, now I had to get a yellow fever injection. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got that little certificate of the vaccine, the yellow fever vaccine. Um, I had it a couple of years ago when I went to Brazil. I lost it obviously, um, and I had to get it again. Right. So if that certificate got digitized and then verified on the blockchain, I wouldn't have to go through that crazy process. I was about to raise the vaccine issue that blockchain might be a, a, an interesting solution for vaccine uh, identification. Definitely. Uh, and I'm waiting for someone to, to bring that something out. I'm waiting for that to come. I think that's a very obvious use case. Yeah, so, it struck me that way. And um, but to answer your question, though, that, that that startup ledger, there's no there's no reason for them to have a token. So they will they will build on another blockchain. In this instance, it was near protocol, and they, there isn't any reason for them to actually have a have a token. At least they wanted to build in some sort of tokenomics into their business model. Yeah. But that's not uh, their plan at the moment. But when I think about how blockchain applies to small business, 
or I guess I'm going to ask you to think about how blockchain applies to small small businesses. You know, have certain. I mean, the financial inclusion piece is easy to think about. Um, you know, access to banking to lending. You know, as a use case for small business. Small businesses also do other things. They, um, you know, they manage their digital identity, or, or you know, the, the the dress of their business, their opening hours, all these all this data that's currently, you know, residing either in Google My Business or through some sort of listing service. Um, and then there's, you know, they do advertising, they do marketing, they, um, uh, you know, they handle logistics like delivery and, and all these. So there's so many, you know, things that digital tools are being created for small businesses to, you know, take, move away from pen and paper um, and cash into, you know, uh, digital payments and, and SaaS tools and all this stuff um and i'm wondering you know all of this it seems could eventually be and some of it already is be built on the blockchain so i i'm trying to but if i'm a small business owner i've probably heard of nfts i've heard of bitcoin but i don't really think about you know blockchain and or cryptocurrency uh very actively unless i'm a very young business owner then perhaps i do but I don't know if any of your, if you see a lot of pitches that are SMB related, if you've got any investments that are SMB related, if you have any thoughts on how ultimately this will impact that segment of the, of the market. Yeah. I mean, I think from a payments perspective and a payments infrastructure perspective, there'll definitely be a lot of use cases there that will affect small businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I think small businesses will want to try and, open up their their payment options to as many uh, you know as as many potential clients as possible right um and if you've got like an unbanked person in africa that can only pay with the cryptocurrency you want to integrate that payment system so i think you know small businesses need to need to be up to speed with 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 um that the advances in blockchain specifically from a payments perspective i think that will be very relevant to them even from a pr perspective if you announce that you're accepting Crypto, it just shows that you're also a little bit more advanced, even right. though it might not be that much volume coming through. No, and it may uh, not be for a long time, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's changing drastically, but it, yeah. it will take a little bit a while. I think the big thing is the on and off ramp rails. Um, I mean, there's a startup that we invested in in Ghana, and they in, in the international remittance space, which is very also a big use case for Africa. I mean, if you want to transfer money to Nigeria, it costs about nine percent. Right. If you want to transfer money to one of the the, the lesser established countries economically, like Zimbabwe, it's up to forty percent, which is insane. So you've got Zimbabweans coming down to South Africa to 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 find work here to send money back to their family. The hundred dollars that they've made, they send it back 60. to Zimbabwe. It's only sixty dollars, right? Yeah. yeah that's um, so. So, um, and, and now crypto can solve that problem and very easily can you send money to Zimbabwe for next to nothing. And you've got the full amount now available, but the next thing is how do you, how do you take that into a fiat currency? And, and that off ramp is now right. sort of trying to solve that problem as well. So are you seeing a lot of companies starting up to, to address that very point? Yeah, so there's a lot of different startups doing that. There's one um, called Katani Pay that even uses USSD. So, you know, those like star 120, star 321 hash, those kind of codes. So that means that people that that, that don't have access to the internet or a smartphone can still still participate and and, and use the applications. Uh, And then to go back to your question, I think another big one for small businesses would be um, the storage of data. 
Um, especially with all these new acts about data privacy. Um, I think storing data of your clients, whatever it may be, if it's a Facebook, it becomes even more relevant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and storing the data um, on the blockchain and also having full line of sight on what happens to that data. So if it gets used and the user can have full line of sight of that, I think that would be a big one as well. Yeah. I wonder about um, like loyalty and rewards, you know, like a lot of uh, small businesses do, you know, loyalty and rewards programs, you know, you, you, you get a credit for, you know, 10 purchases. And I, 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 I have to think that there's going to be someone who tokenizes that kind of thing. That may be a little further yep. out. I, I don't know, but that's one. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. Yeah, one thought I, I think had. everyone does that, right? Like the, the bank that I bank with does that. You know, every time I spend X amount, I get a certain amount of e bucks and I can yeah. use it to fill up petrol or to buy electricity, or I can even go into uh, onto one of their platforms and buy TV if I earn enough e bucks. The same with my insurance. You know, they have those reward systems. Mm-hmm. So I think that that does lend towards creating this own like micro economy ecosystem um that can be on the blockchain i i I haven't put a lot of thought into exactly how it would be different right because the because just tokenizing it is one thing but um you know it it, does the use case have merit and and it is is it more disruptive in terms of what's happening now i'm not sure it depends on a couple of factors i guess when consumers value the tokens and um yeah uh, that sounds like a, a great idea that the first four businesses will fail at. Um, <laughs> maybe the fifth Definitely. one. <laughs> we'll get the Definitely. timing and the the, 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 the act, execution correctly. But um, yeah. anyway, no, no. that's true. Of, you know, uh, it's always been true in, in building uh, software for small business that first mover advantage is drastically overrated. Um, it tends to be <laughs> it tends to be like somebody who comes in and real and lives and uh, learns from the mistakes of, of those who have failed before them. Yeah. Yeah. MySpace and Facebook is a good example, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, this has been a very fun conversation. Uh, I guess maybe final point would be um, uh, just to give a sense of the pace of things. What, how different will the ecosystem be in two to three years time?